morning, church. It's great to be here today, Friday. It's uh, going to be a busy weekend eh, for many of us. Today's service, tomorrow, egg hunt, Sunday morning, we have baptism, and uh, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord, so it's going to be great. Amen? How many are going to are gonna come this weekend? Tomorrow for the Easter egg hunt, and for, for Sunday? Yes? Come on. For the resurrection, to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. Uh, David used to say, it is better to be one day here in your house than 1,000 days uh, outside your house, you know, in other place. I don't know how many, of, how many of us can relate with David in that matter. <laughs> it is good to be here, amen? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, it's great to see you. It's great to see you this Friday, eh? Friday morning. It's great to see you. So um, today uh, we... I'm going to share with you just a, a couple of thoughts about uh, the death of the Lord and the, on the cross. And I, um, and I pray, and I ask the Lord, okay, what title should I put to, to a sermon? And the, the title that, that came to my heart is this one, The Coronation of the King. I believe that the cross was the moment where our King of Heaven was coronated as also King of Earth. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. So uh, today is a very special day since we are commemorating and remembering the death of our Lord on the cross of Calvary. And this is the gospel. Jesus died in your place. You were supposed to go to that cross. You were supposed to, to be crucified on that cross on that tree. You and me, not him. That's the greatest act of love that you will ever experience, is the love of Christ on that cross. When he laid down his life for you, for me. And as I shared with you this last Sunday, Easter, this season, is the season where we can contemplate on the death and resurrection of our Lord Christ Jesus and take time to reflect on our lives and present spiritual life. It is a special moment of the year where we can ponder at, uh, at our lives and see how we are walking before the Lord. If we are still close to that cross or we are far away. And today is the day that the Lord is calling you to come to the cross. And contemplate what he did for you. That great act of love. And then uh, on Sunday we were, we were uh, sharing about, the, about uh, Palm Sunday. And on Sunday we said that Easter is all about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and his kingdom. And if you have read the gospel, you will notice that in, in each one of them we read about the king of heaven coming to earth. We read about the kingdom of heaven coming, coming to this earth. And we see that clash of kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And um, our Lord, we know that our Lord won the final battle against Satan, the kingdom of darkness, sin and death, dying on the cross in our place. The cross is our victory. Can you say with me, the cross is my victory? Now you, have, now you have to turn to a neighbor and try to convince that neighbor. The cross is your victory. Because Jesus won the final battle in that place for us. He rescued us. And then uh, his death. We know, dear brother, that his death is the manifestation of his great, unrelenting, and incomparable love for the world. As John 4.19 states, today you are able to love him because he loved you first. 
That's why you love God, because he loved you first, dying on the cross in your place. And to his disciples, to you and me, his disciples today, he announced his sacrificial death as the visible sign of his great love. In John 15, 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are his friends. You are a friend of Jesus. And this is the reason why today we can call him friend, because he laid down his life for us in Golgotha. But the cross that today we remember is not only the evidence of Jesus' love for us, but also the proof of the Father's love for this world. John 3.16, what it says? For God so... Yes, what else? You're reading the, you're reading the screen, right? <laughs> or, or, or you know it by memory. <laughs> yeah. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. De tal manera amó Dios al mundo. It says in Spanish. <laughs> what a love. He loves us. The Father loves us. And then we see in Romans 5.8, the Apostle Paul says this, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. God show us His love. And my friend, God is showing you His love every day. He says that while we were still sinners, and while we are still sinners now, Jesus took the cross for us. Jesus laid down his life. Christ died for us. And then the uh, Apostle John, he knew about Jesus' love. He was his beloved disciple. He says in 1 John 4, 9, 10, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not, what, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And this is incredible. It's, incredible. it's incredible how an instrument of torture and death, as the cross used to be, could now be the maximum representation of love that you and I could ever experience. The cross is also the accomplishment of all the promises and prophecies contained in the Old Testament, referring to the plan of salvation that God developed since the beginning of times. God had a plan with us since the beginning of times. Even more, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we see this great promise from God. God says that it will come a time when the offspring of the woman, a reference to Jesus, the Son of Man, or humanity, will crush the head of the serpent. Satan's power and dominion over this earth. That's, that's what the head of the serpent represents. And that the serpent, Satan, will strike his heel. Exactly what happened at the cross. But those, those are the good news. The enemy is defeated. So this day is a day of victory. Death is defeated. Sin is defeated. So you can be a children of God. During the, that faithful day, the day of our Lord's crucifixion, I was thinking, okay, where, where, what, what is the Trinity uh, in that day? What happened with the Father? What happened with the Son? We know what happened with the Son, but where is the Holy Spirit in all this? Have you, have you asked that question to yourself? We see the enduring love of the Father offering His Son, just as we read in John 3.16, as our substitute on the cross. 
Then we see the unparalleled love of the Son bearing the weight of our sins on his shoulders. More than a tree, the weight of the sins of the world. Enduring the affliction and sufferings of the cross and walking humbly to the tree to die for you and me. With his will fully surrendered to the will of the Father. And where is the Holy Spirit in all this? We see the love of the Holy Spirit empowering and enabling and upholding the Son on the cross in order for Him to accomplish redemption and salvation for those who believe. Jesus went to the cross empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you have your own cross. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower you too. So you can walk in this life with your cross, carry your cross every day, and follow the Son. We see this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, 14, where it says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, there you go, the Holy Spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, cleans our conscience from acts that lead, to, that, that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. So today is the day that God has set aside, said, so that you can stop looking at your agenda, I can stop looking at my agenda, and take a moment to look up to the cross one more time. Today is the day where we can reflect on the cross. Can you see his love on that cross? Can you see it? Can you see Annette, Jesus of Nazareth taking your place, taking my place? Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for your word. That you bless your word. We honor your word. Lord, today as we um, come to this place, we want to to be in your presence. We want, Lord, to, that you speak to our, heart, to our hearts, that you speak to us. Open our minds, open our, open our hearts, open our spirits to your word, that we will be changed by your word today, that we will be transformed by your word today. Lord, I bless this congregation and I pray in Jesus' name that you help us to endure every day, to take up our cross. And today, Lord, I, I pray that you bless us and we want to bless you, Jesus. You who are sitting at the right hand of the Father, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you. And we thank you. We thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying down your lives. Thank you for laying down your life in our place. Amen. Matthew twenty-seven, thirty-three. Today's scripture says, they, come, they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mock him. He saved others, they say, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God, let God rescue him now if he wants him, for he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. 
Jesus was receiving all these insults, all this mockery. He had two rebels at his side, and both were insulting him. The chief priests, the, the leaders of Israel, his people, even the, the people that he healed, that he delivered, that he gave food, they were insulting him. He was in a place of mockery. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a, in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they say, he's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine, vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest say, said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a, in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And this is important that, that, that uh, you grasp this. The enemy didn't take Jesus' life. Because he didn't have any authority over Jesus' life. Jesus decided to give his life. For us, because he has authority over life. Always. Always. The enemy doesn't have any authority over you because you are the body of Christ. So you have to trust him. And today, the body of Christ, we, the church, we are walking this earth, continue the ministry of the Lord. And he's empowering us through his Holy Spirit. And the enemy has no authority over us. Death has no authority over us. Sickness has no authority over us. Poverty has no authority over us. Because we are the body, the living body of Christ on this earth. He said that he gave up his life. His spirit. Verse 51. At that moment... The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The father said, that's enough with this empty void religion. Enough. I don't want it anymore. I don't want sacrifice from you. I don't want it anymore. I want a relationship. That's why I'm breaking this curtain, this separation from the people and me. And now everybody can come to me. Just like we were singing, everybody, we can go to, to, to the Father, to Jesus Christ. He has opened the way for us. And then it says, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. And even the bodies of many holy people who have died were raised to life. And they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Could you imagine that? Wow. <laughs> hey, that's my neighbor, uh, Fred. He, was, he passed away like five years ago. What he's doing now? <laughs> Water in the garden. What? <laughs> Jesus. That's what happened. Jesus. Hmm? And this is the first resurrection. And you and me, we will also experience this. We will also be resurrected by, by, by the Lord when he comes back. The Apostle Paul speaks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. And then verse 54 says, when the, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the Son of God. They have to see all this to believe. 
Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. And among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. And where were their disciples? They were gone. They were afraid. But we see this woman. And it says that they were caring for his needs. Today we are that woman because we are the church. We are married with Jesus. And we are caring for his business, not ours. We should be caring for his business, his needs, not ours. Overwhelmed with horror at what we are seeing, today I invite you to join the crowds as they hurry along behind the soldiers with their prisoner. Now, forget the calm display of so many historic paintings of the scene. With Mary and John standing at a discreet distance from the foot of Jesus' cross in the Middle East, then, as now, there were always more people in the crowd than will fit into small streets, always people pushing and shoving. The soldiers might keep people at arm's length, but not much more. There was a lot of people there, a crowd. There were probably 50 people within 10 feet of Jesus, pushing, shouting, mocking, pointing, spitting, some weeping. All this anger, all this rage against, against the Son of, of God. They were there, and Jesus was were looking at them. You could tell the story a thousand different ways, and they all be true. Jesus' followers quickly came to tell it in such a way as to bring out what Jesus himself had been trying to say all along. This is the event through which Jesus became king. This was his coronation. King of the Jews, king of the world. The cross was Jesus' coronation as king of kings and lord of lords. Now we just read Matthew, and to see how Matthew had done this, you have to imagine yourself in the crowd. Could you? Could you imagine yourself being part of that crowd? Maybe whipping, or maybe insulting. In that crowd, as someone who has prayed and sung the Psalms all your life, the Psalms turned the hard lumps of Israel's story and hopes into liquid poetry, following along like a great river. If you see the words of Jesus, you see Jesus quoting the Psalms. And he quoted even the Psalm here, Psalm 22. And as you stand at the foot of the cross, you have a nightmarish sequence of flashbacks, watching Israel's hopes and dreams come to life, or, or rather to death, in front of your eyes. Bits and pieces of the Psalms act out right there. Jesus is offered sour wine to drink. They cast lots for his clothes. We see everything prophesied in the book of Psalms. They hail him as king of the Jews. They mock him with his own words. And after three hours of darkness, three hours of darkness, Jesus screams out the words that begin the Psalm 22, where some of those things happen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The fulfillment has come, and it's a moment of utter terror and hopelessness. It would be like if the sun were to rise one day, but not a normal sun, a black sun, bringing darkness deeper than the, than the night itself. And as you stand there in this strange, powerful mixture of recognition and horror, bring bit by bit into the picture the stories on which you have lived. Imagine yourself before the cross. All you see is darkness. The earth is shaking. People are screaming. The centurion and the Roman soldiers, they were terrified. We're speaking about brave men, men of war. They were terrified at this. 
And you were there. And you're looking at this man. And you have your doubts. Like, is he God? Is he going to come down? Is he, is he going to live again after this? Now, bring the hopes you had when you were young to that place. Bring the bright visions of family life, of success, of success or the dreams of exciting adventures. Bring the joy of seeing a new baby full of promise and possibility. Bring the longings of your hearts. They are all, my friend, fulfilled there. Though not in the, in the way you imagine. This is the way God fulfilled the dreams of his people. And all your dreams, God wants to fulfill them through the cross. This is how the coming king will overcome all his enemies. But maybe you are a different kind of person. Maybe you have fears and sorrows, so bring them to Jesus. Maybe you have the terror of violence, perhaps at home, the shame of failure at school or rejection by a friend, the nasty comments that hurt you. Then I hurt you still. The terrible moment when you realize a wonderful relationship had come to an end. The sudden meaningless death of someone you love very much. They are all also fulfilled there. God has taken them upon himself in the person of his son. This is for you and me, the earthquake moment. The darkness moment. The moment of terror and sudden faith. As even the hard-boiled Roman soldier blurs out at the end. And he said, surely he was the son of God. But then brings the hopes and sorrows of the world. And I believe the world today is crying, Hosanna, save us Jesus. The world we live is longing for hope. It's longing for, for peace. And we know the hope and we know the peace. And even more, hope and peace from God are with us. You have something to give to the world. Don't keep it to yourself. You have Jesus. Now bring the millions who are homeless because of flood or famine. Bring the children who are dying in Afghanistan, Syria. Bring the immigrants who are suffering, trying to cross borders. Bring them, bring them to the cross. Bring the politicians who begin by longing for justice and end up hoping, hoping for bribes. Bring the beautiful and fragile earth on which we live. Bring it to Jesus. Think of God's dream for his creation. And God's sorrow at its ruin. And as we stand there by the cross, let the shouting and pushing and the angry faces fade away for a moment. Forget about them. And look at the slumped head of Jesus his head was crushed he was beaten in our place the hopes and fears of all the years are met in him here on the cross God chose Israel to be his way of rescuing the world and now God sent Jesus to be his way of rescuing Israel Jesus went to the cross to fulfill that double mission save us Save the world. Save Israel. His cross planted in the middle of the crowding, uncomprehending, mocking world of his day and hours stands as the symbol of a victory unlike any other. A love unlike any other. A God unlike any other God. Jesus Christ. Now you and me, let's think about this. Let me ask you this. Would you surrender your life before that cross? Would you recognize, as the Roman soldiers ended up doing, that this man is truly God, surely God, the only God? 
Would you stand up and say, Jesus is Lord? Would you bring Jesus to your workplace? Would you bring Jesus to your family, to your children? Would you give Jesus to the world? Would you walk these streets and show the love, compassion, peace, and hope that only Jesus has? The world is crying. You have to stop crying because you have Jesus. There are people that are suffering more than you. There are people that are really lost. And they need you. They need the body of Christ. Active, moving, walking again this earth. His cross planted in the middle of that crowd. It's our victory. How would you respond to the cross, my friend? How would you respond to his love? How? Would you commit your life to him this morning? This good Friday morning? It is a good Friday. Would you embrace his cross until one day you are home? Finally home, received by him in the kingdom? But every day you have to take that cross. I invite you to close your eyes and bow your head. Let's pray. Beautiful Savior, precious King. We come before you today to surrender our lives to you one more time. As we see your cross and as we ponder on your sacrifice in Calvary, fill our hearts and spirits with awe and a sense of worship and, uh, and adoration. Help us to live a life of purpose. Help us to focus on you and your will for our lives every day. Today, Lord, we take up our cross and we make the commitment of following you no matter what. In this, in this world, we want to raise, Lord, your banner, the banner of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And we want to point people to you, Lord. Help us to live a life of self-sacrifice for, for, for others. Forgive our selfishness and apathy. We want to embrace the cross one more time. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you bore in a morning like this, long time ago in that dreadful place called Golgotha. Thank you for your victory. Thank you for the victory of the cross. Thank you for the victory of love and justice. Thank you that you are the Son of God, our God. Thank you that you are our Lord, our Savior, and our friend. And today, Lord, we pray that you bless us as we continue walking before you in love, showing to this lost world the mercies of your everlasting love. Now, I would like you to grab the hand of your neighbor. And let's, let's, let's have a moment of prayer together. As we worship, as I ask the, the guys to, to be playing. This song that we were playing today, Come As You Are. I invite you to pray with someone else. A prayer of thankfulness, gratefulness to Jesus. In your own words. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Grab the hand of a neighbor and let's pray. Come on. Say, thank you, Jesus. Open your mouth and appreciate the cross. Appreciate the cross. We are one church, one body, the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now think on your life. What would it be of you? Without the Lord, without the cross, where would you be? Without this amazing hope.
pray. Let's bring worship to heaven. Let's bring worship and adoration and awe for heaven. Jesus, you are there, but you are also here. Your spirit is here. We worship you today. We thank you, Jesus, because you are not anymore on that cross. 